Welcome to the Um Yeah Sports Podcast with John and Chris, where it's unapologetically just about the sports. We're glad you joined us. Let's jump right in. It is the November 28th episode of the Um Yeah Sports Podcast. It's your Cyber Monday evening episode of the show. I'm Chris, and with me, as always, is John. Hey, listeners, we thank you for tuning in. We appreciate you. If you haven't subscribed, please do that by hitting that subscribe button in your favorite podcasting app. That would be awesome. If you've got friends and family who love sports as much as you do, share the podcast with them. Then they'll be able to listen right alongside and you can talk about the crazy takes that we have (laughs) with them. Uh, Also, we're over on Twitter at Um Yeah Sports. We would love to hear from you. We uh, we post all throughout the the day, different analysis about different things going on, polls and whatnot. We would love to uh, to hear from you and get you into the mix. So if you uh, if you are on the Twitter, head over to at Um Yeah Sports and uh, check that out. John and I are also out there on Twitter. You can find us there as well. We also have a website, www.umyasports.com, which is a place you can go to get the latest sports news and information curated from all the local sites and the social media sites. We bring everything together into one place so that you don't have to go around and go find all that stuff. It's there. It's free from ads. It's free to you. Go check it out, umyasports.com. All right, all that housekeeping is out of the way, and we had an amazing weekend of rivalry college football uh, that uh, that we got to enjoy this past weekend. The NFL season continues to chug along, and uh, the early NBA season continues to do the same. Uh, we're going to start by uh, talking uh, some NFL. In fact, we may end up in the NFL the entire episode. I uh, hope that's okay. Uh, Russell Wilson, is he to blame for the Broncos' woes and uh, the, the start of the season that they have experienced, which I think is opposite. Uh, you know, I think people expected Seattle to be doing what Denver is doing and Denver to be doing what Seattle is doing, but that's not happening. So what's up? Yeah, if you listen to you know ESPN Fox anything like that you would hear that it's Russell Wilson's fault and that you know he Blaming should Russ. be able to do everything and you know be perfect every single week. Okay. There's these stats that are floating around that like if they score 20 more points per game they'd be like 9 and 2 right now. Um and that Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett are literally all that's to blame and that everyone else basically is it's fine. Uh, but that's just the way the NFL works. A lot of people just blame the quarterback for every single one of the struggles. But the more I watch the game, the more I realize this has everything to do with the people that are around Russell Wilson and a little bit to do with Russell Wilson because Russell Wilson, you know, gets the ball, heist the ball, gets the ball, and immediately someone's in his lap trying to sack him. He's trying to escape back there. He's running around. He's doing everything he can. But I think all his years in Seattle may have slowed him down a little bit because he's getting hit so much. So basically he's in the same situation where his offensive line is just letting guys in. So he doesn't have any time back there. He's still making these wow factor throws, but his guys are either bobbling the catch, just dropping the ball, not completing the pass, not helping him out in any, any way. And also in the Carolina, uh, yeah, the Carolina game against the Panthers that happened just Sunday. I saw guys just kind of just lay down when guys try to tackle them. They weren't fighting for that extra yeah. yard, even though they're trying to start a momentum going. They aren't doing anything to help. And so then Russell Wilson's just trying to start something and get something going. But, you know, even when Melvin Gordon was there, he was fumbling the ball at the goal line, which hosed them in the Seattle game, the first game of the season, so they couldn't get anything going there. And he's just trying to start something and get something going. You see at times flashes of this team being really good, but it's just fluctuating uh, energy, fluctuating um effort every single week it just it depends on which week you're looking at do you see a certain amount of effort from all the different guys in carolina versus the raiders game if you look at those two games it looks like polar opposites and as far as what's happening russell wilson can't do everything 
And also, you saw in the Carolina game, a lot of batted down balls. And a lot of that, you would expect, okay, the quarterback has to change his arm angles, try to get in there and stuff. But that's also got to do with the offensive linemen because the offensive linemen have to engage the guy in front of him to make sure his hands are in a blocking are trying to block or power through him and not able to just to stand there, get off the block and block the ball. That's something that you have to be able to do. And they weren't doing that multiple times in the Carolina game. We saw multiple deflected footballs when Russell was trying to get rid of it. So it's just a lot of the situations where the wide receivers that are around Russell Wilson aren't top-notch guys. Sutton and Jerry Judy are the two good guys that they have, but Jerry Judy's out with an ankle injury. He's I on IR and then Sutton is done decent but he's also missing a lot of the footballs that are thrown his way which he needs to complete so yeah you can point to the fact you know if they score 20 more points you know they'd be at nine and two you could point to all these factors but the defense is the good part of this the squad and they're not making it better they're making it worse they just traded um Bradley Chubb to the Dolphins and that's going to make you worse because you're losing a good linebacker you already lost Von Miller a couple years ago why'd they trade him away uh, I think it was for draft choices what they ended okay. up doing, but they didn't do anything to. So they to just hope they're not looking for value this year. They're not, apparently not. And and now we're talking about the fact that Russell Wilson shouldn't get paid and all the money he got paid, and you know it's all his fault and everything like that. And I even heard a take that I completely disagree with that if Aaron Rodgers was in this offense, somehow they would be nine and two and playoff contenders. Hmm. I don't know what you think Aaron Rodgers is doing that all of a sudden he's playoff contending that's going to turn this Broncos team into a playoff contender. Aaron Rodgers can barely turn the Packers into a playoff contender with better pieces. They've got Aaron jo- or Aaron um, Aaron Jones. They've got Christian Watson. They got Romeo Dobbs. Christian Watson is playing some of the best football in Packers history, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, and he's just playing lights out, and, and it's in company of Devonte Adams. And Aaron Rodgers is still struggling, and he's also has a rib injury, has a finger injury in his thumb, can't stay on the field. They're talking about his replacement. So then you expect if Aaron Rodgers came over there, everything would be different. I, I disagree with that. But I just I find it a little bit shocking, all of the critiquing that, the, that Russell Wilson is under. Because when you look at it and you just study the film and you ignore what the media is saying, which some of them don't even watch the game, but if you watch what's happening, you can clearly see. And it was one of the most subpar performances I saw at the Panthers game. People like I want to see like wide receivers mow through guys or make guys miss or do jukes or something like that. But it just when the defender got them, they just kind of went down with the defender. They didn't try to force it through. The running game, the running backs that they have aren't great. They dropped Melvin Gordon because of the fumbles that he's had, but honestly, those haven't been great either. And also in the Panthers game, I noticed a lot of quick slants. Now, over the last few games, you've seen a lot of those slants, and and that's what they've been really calling a lot to try to get this offense going. They hit the ball out of the Russell Wilson's hands. The problem is there wasn't that energy or that that effort to get the extra yards, which ended up getting them to not be able to go anywhere, and this Panthers team just took full advantage of that. But then if you also look at the defense side of the ball, um, Patrick Sertan, which is a good cornerback, there's nothing against him, but he had a, multiple situations where DJ Moore – you know, got by him, made a miss, and the defenders just got the ball, kept going on them, and more and more plays happened. But the most interesting play of the entire game against the Panthers was when Sam Darnold got stripped at, like, the one-yard line. No Bronco player made any sort of effort to get on the ground and get the ball, and Sam Darnold literally rolls into the end zone on his back and just gets the touchdown. And it's just one of those situations where I think it has to do with the front office and this coaching staff more than it has to do with Russell Wilson. I think it's just a lot of frustration that's brewing there. Uh, But I think if you look at it and you look at the evidence that's being played on the field 
Russell Wilson's a very small portion of that versus everything that's happened. But if they don't give him pieces and they don't give him opportunities, then you're going to be a situation like we saw in, in Seattle, where at the end of this time there, he kind of fell off a little bit. And honestly, that's just what happens when you don't give him an offensive line. Because if Russell Wilson was in the situation that Geno Smith is in in Seattle, I have full confidence that he's doing what Geno Smith is doing right now. If Geno Smith is where the Russell Wilson is and he has this offense, and is this offensive line and these running backs and this defense, I'm fairly confident that he's maybe even a worse situation than Russell Wilson is right now because this team is just not doing what it needs to do to stop the teams they're playing, isn't doing what they need to do to get help Russell Wilson out. And until they do that, this is just going to be where it's going. We clearly see it's not about this season. This team isn't after this season and correcting the ship for next season. They're more about collecting apparently draft choices and just being where they're at for now. And then next season, maybe through free agency, we'll see them do something. But I just think where Russ Wilson is at, where what's around him and everything like that, I think more people need to be pointing to need more effort for the wide receivers. There's just more stuff. More it's stuff just, that needs to happen I to think the, the team one broadly. position that's really good of this Denver team is the tight end core. I really like the rookie tight end they have. He has a lot of effort. He's done really good. We saw him over the last few games throw, show flashes as being you know, really destructive if they get the ball in his hands, but they just need to do more to call the correct play calls, get this get this game going in the right direction. And now that Melvin Gordon is going, maybe we'll even see a little bit more of a running resurgence a little bit because Melvin Gordon was getting more of the touches, but no one was really that starting guy. Now that he's gone, maybe we'll see someone else come in that position. But Russ Wilson isn't only to blame, and I, I would say that there's a lot more going on here than just one person. Okay, let's uh, let's talk Packers here for a minute. Uh, looks like Christian Watson may be the answer to Devontae Adams moving on. Uh, has Aaron Rodgers uh, found his his uh, his go-to guy? Yeah, so uh, Christian Watson joins Devontae Adams and Sterling Sharp as the, only the three Packers to record six-plus touchdowns and 250-plus receiving yards in three-game stretch in Super Bowl hmm. era, which he's been able to do, and he's just a rookie. He has been really impressive. Um, I think he just kind of came on strong once the injuries and all that were behind him. He took over that reins as the number one guy. And once he did that, he has the speed, he has the body type to really get by guys and kind of juke a little bit. Because there's wide receivers that are mow you down, DK Metcalf, and then there's guys like Tyler Lockett that will juke around a little bit. That's the best comparison I can get. I think he's more of the Tyler Lockett type guy where he can juke around, do what he needs to do, get the completions. He's really helped Aaron Rodgers start to you know, get into the form and get into the shape of starting to win football games. Now they haven't won that many football games this season and they've been really struggling, but he's been the bright point for this team. And I think if they use it correctly and they use him to his full potential and, you know, help get the rest of the pieces that are necessary built around this team, a Romeo Dobbs, Randall Cobbs, Hannah Watkins, um, and Christian Watson led a wide receiver core is actually really good and can be very, um, destructive to anything they've been playing. And we've seen that with Christian Watson, who has had a lot of yards over the last few weeks, as the stat would show, and a lot of touchdowns. So I think the future is bright for this wide receiver room. I think that was the, the a really good pick for this Packers team, who struggled uh, over the last few seasons to find that correct rookie guy. They drafted um, Amari Rodgers, who's now cut. They really were struggling finding that guy to replace things. Having Devontae Adams gone allows Christian Watson to come into the limelight a little bit, give him opportunities play at the as highest level I think he has a really high ceiling now is he going to get to Devontae Adams level it's possible but he can be one of the best wide receivers in the next few years right now even though he's in his rookie season I think he's got a lot of upside to him the question is who's going to be throwing him the ball is it Jordan Love or is it Aaron Rodgers and Aaron Rodgers obviously has had a ton of injuries over the last few weeks which is going to probably keep him out for a few weeks if it's indeed 
uh, broken ribs that he has, and that would put Jordan Love in there. And I think if Jordan Love's in there, he'll get a lot of touches anyway because they need a consistent guy that can get him a lot of touches and a lot of plays. And even when Aaron Rodgers went down in the game last night, he still got a lot of touches. So fantasy-wise, I think he's still someone you can go with and you can get a lot of points from. But I think that's a positive for this Packers team because when you look at the seasons, there's not a whole lot of positive. Uh, they're barely in any sort of conversation for a playoff uh, wild card spot. That's kind of diminishing with every single day, every single week. But having Christian Watson on that lineup, having Aaron Jones on that lineup, having AJ Dillon, and then having a few of those wide receivers that they have, plus whoever that quarterback is, I think those Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson will be a really good one-two punch over the next couple of seasons. But I think an interesting thing is the more you look at these wide receivers that have like a, like a one-two punch, you'd always notice there's always that mow you over more built wide receiver and then the quicker wide receiver. And those are always the guys that seem to have the most success. You see that with Jerry Judy and Sutton, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, and now Romeo Dobbs and Christian Watson. But I think it's going to be I think they're going to have a lot of success in the NFL. I personally really enjoy watching him, but I think that he finally found the guy that can help fill the shoes of Devontae Adams. Now he's going to be the guy that's going to be Devontae Adams. No, but I think he can handle a huge workload. And if he kind of, and obviously it's going to take time, like we mentioned when the season began, that they can't just expect him to come on strong immediately. So I think when he'll feel the most impact or when he'll have the most impact, will be most impactful will be next season when they'll actually have a chance to make a playoff run. But if he was doing that at the beginning of the season, no doubt in my mind, they'd be uh, playoff contenders this season. It would not be in the situation they are. Uh, is Aaron Rodgers done? Is it like the injury problems and like he's going to be gone now next year's? I hope so. I, I, I just don't think the Packers can go anywhere with him at this point. I think he's just kind of probably done gas, after this season. Gas gone from the tank kind of deal. I be I hear something about possibly the Raiders and the Packers swapping quarterbacks as huh. a possible way to keep Devontae Adams in Las Vegas because if it, Derek Carr leaves, it's a possibility that he leaves as well. But I just kind of feel like it's probably over for him. I don't think yeah. he... I mean, we talked about. I think that fire is gone from Aaron Rodgers. I'd be surprised if he went anywhere else. Seems like everyone's kind of finding their quarterback uh, right now, and everything's kind of sitting into place. So maybe the maybe the uh, Raiders, possibly, but I, if not the Raiders, I imagine it's hang up the cleats time. Okay, all right. So we talked uh, earlier in the episode about Seattle being pretty uh, surprising this this season and and putting together a pretty good run so far. I know they lost. Uh, lost yesterday. Um, but what is their, uh, if you look at this team and you look at, they've got a lot of bright points that you can point to for their future. Um, what, you know, when you look at what could hold them back, what is the flaw that could keep them from uh, from getting to the playoffs and seeing what they can do there? Yeah, I think the one thing that they really struggle with is stopping the run. Uh, I noticed this a few weeks back Um when I was watching these different games and stuff, they really struggle with run stopping. They're great uh, as far as uh, getting to the quarterback, as far as getting interceptions. We saw all that. That was on full display. And then offense, that offense, it's hard to find a flaw in that offense. But when they come to run, stopping the run, those guys can get loose and they can get yardage fast. We saw that with Kyler Murray when they played multiple times. He got open. He got yardage. He ran the ball. That's pretty much the running back. And then last night with Josh Jacobs getting 50 fantasy points because he did so much damage to the Seattle team. And even when they even put other running backs in there to try to mix things up, they were loose. They got things open. They It was just kind of a destructive thing. So that's really the point that they struggle with the most. Now, is that something that will kill their playoff hopes or would that be something that is a bigger flaw than not being able to guard the pass? I would think that's probably the better of, of the two 
bad situations, I guess. But I think that would be better because if you're able to stop the pass, and especially during the playoffs, a lot of teams like to throw the football and get the chunk plays, and, and especially the playoffs. So if you're able to stop that, that's probably better than sacrificing a few big runs or whatever. But they're going to have to dial it back. They're going to have to make sure that doesn't happen consistently. And then over the last few games, over actually through the entire season, it's really been that one thing that's really kept them from you know, getting undefeated or, or having a, a little bit of a better record than they have now is that inability. But do I think that's fixable? Absolutely. I think Pete Carroll can fix that if he can turn this team into what they are now with the correct draft choices and do everything that he's been able to do, which is hat off to Pete Carroll. I think he's done a fantastic job with this team where it is at this point. I mean, I did not expect them to be, I think, to like 6-5 and five at this point uh, with almost beating the Raiders. Slipped a little bit at the end there where they just played terrible off or defense but they've been able to hold their own against the the bucks against the raiders against the cardinals they've been able to do everything they needed to do to have a chance at a good playoff run uh we'll see what happens as the season continues as it's as it's time as it's the part of the season when uh teams get into that playoff push where they try to get to that uh the, get to the playoffs and coming up and i think a little bit under a month, maybe, because it's almost December at this point. So these are the games that are really going to mean a lot. But I think the CLC Hawks have put himself in a great situation. Pete Carroll obviously knows that this is a fatal flaw of this team, and he'll work on it and try to get them through it. But if they can just do a little bit, a little bit more in the run game, stopping a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more, they'll have success. Now, you saw flashes of it in the Raiders game where – they stopped Josh Jacobs on third and two. It was like a third and inches or fourth and inches situation. And Josh Jacobs bounced outside and gets that first down. Other times they're able to get in there and stop him. But there was too many situations outside of those few odds and end situations where Josh Jacobs just rips it up and down the middle or gets in the touchdown through a short gallop or whatever, 20 yards or whatever the case may be, that they've got to be careful of. Now, obviously, there's a little bit of a push and pull here because when the uh, when the Bucks established that, that running game, uh, they opened up a lot of passing opportunities and they started to dominate Seattle and they really struggled the rest of the game. But if they do too much of putting guys in the box and that opens up a lot of the things downfield, which can then put them in a bad situation there. So I wouldn't just guess on it too much. I would probably just do a little bit to try to shade in that direction, maybe do some blitzes, mix up some different things, try to scare them out of their running play um, by doing some blitzes and then dropping out, try to do some things to confuse the different players or the different teams that you're playing against. But like I said, I think I'd rather see Seattle be able to guard the pass really well, get multiple interceptions, steal possessions, and put them in Geno Smith's hand, hands rather than you know stop the run perfectly but mm-hmm. let up all these great passes over the top. And that would even be more catastrophic because runs, even if they're great, even if they're 20, 30 yards, that's not going to get you a touchdown but one pass play can get you 70 yards downfield in your field goal range so yeah you got to work on a little bit maybe you got to stop that a little bit but that is the one area they've got to work on but I also think that that's a great situation to have to work on because it has the most upside to, to stopping it but it doesn't have it won't hurt you that much even if you aren't able to stop it so I think there's a lot of positives there as well all right. Well, it'll be interesting to see what happens as they continue on through uh, through the season. All right. Well, tonight we've got the uh, the Steelers and the Colts taking um, taking taking to the gridiron. It's going to be the Steelers' victory. Is that the poll? The poll. What were the results of the poll? Most people voted Steelers because okay. uh, I, I agree. I think the Steelers have the biggest chance of winning just because the Colts have been struggling this season, and honestly, they don't really have that one player. But you know, not the best Monday Night Football game we've had. Kind of struggling. It's 11 votes, and 63% of them say Steelers. Okay. That's the overwhelming majority. So 
Omnia Sports Podcast prediction is Steelers. Okay. All right. Well, we'll see what happens on that one. Awesome. Cool. Listeners, thanks for chilling, hanging out with us, talking some sports. We appreciate you. Anything that you'd love for us to hit on to talk about, uh, analysis to give, hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you're thinking. We'd be happy to talk about it. Uh, we appreciate you. Thanks for riding along. See you. God bless.